0: Greetings everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, It's free. That's right, anger is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another ludicrous Car Review. And today, we're going to be reviewing a luxury car, but not just any luxury car, a Mercedes, but not just any Mercedes, an electric Mercedes. Now, my disdain I suppose in some aspects of the word for electric cars has been well documented throughout this series but I have also said that there are certain aspects in which electric cars hold a great deal of prominence and great deal of use. One of them being the luxury car segment in which case Mercedes fits this bill perfectly. Now I'm not exactly a huge fan of pushing electric cars as these great solutions all for the family hauler or this great cross-country road trip vehicle but there are some great uses for it. One of them being well, the vehicle we have here. Now, some basic information out of the way. First, the Mercedes EQS is coming up in the 2022 model year. The MSRP is um, a bit high, let's just say. It is not a cheap car. It is definitely a luxury car by all means. And it starts around oh, $109,000 yeah that ain't cheap the fact is the mercedes uqs though is the epitome of everything and luxury that mercedes could possibly throw into a vehicle and overall while the exterior in my opinion still has a little bit less to be desired it's not like it's horrible ain't bad i guess but we'll get to that in a minute the interior though is what i want to bring up first you see the interior i'll just get ahead of myself here is simply fascinating i can't say it's stunning or weird because honestly i'm not sure how to feel about it it is just I hate to say it, futuristic to look at. But anyways, after we get on with a little bit of review of the EQS, we're going to be talking a little bit about the car news today. So anyways, without further ado, let us proceed, shall we? So as mentioned before, the Mercedes EQS is coming out in the 2022 model year, and it is about $109,000 to start. The fact is, is that the EQS on the exterior is... any horrible, I guess? But the fact is, it's just about every, well electric car you've seen and kind of a bubbly shape very roundish very aerodynamic i guess some people would say but overall it doesn't look terrible honestly it doesn't look like it's got no grill or front end like the teslas do or it doesn't look gaudy or weird on the front end like some of that weird bubbly shaped rivian cars do not that the rivian looks absolutely horrible but the eqs has a bit more of a sleek and while still being aerodynamic and sleek and futuristic looking it still looks a bit like a Mercedes, a bit meaner still in some aspects of the word. It's got a very slopey design to it, and it's very curvature, there's no like protruding ends or fancy fair flares or anything else like that. It's very much still a very much, well let's just say if a kid sat down and drew a car, most likely the basic body shape would be something like this. It is very slopey, very similar. Like I said, it's not my favorite design, but that being said, it's not like it's absolutely horrible either. The also one thing i found absolutely brilliant on this car and to be honest i wish more cars had this is the simple amount of wheel choices available in this option being one of the most important and probably stunning parts of this car is just because it has what, one two three four six different wheel options you can choose from from the classic spokes design to the more sporty five main spoke design to a more futuristic five spoke with kind of inset in great it is just impressive just the amount of detailing and well work they put into producing some rooms some people might not even end up buying but the fact is is that it adds a sort of sporty element that to be honest the exterior car is lacking but to be honest a good set of wheels can really make that up so overall the aesthetics on the outside of the car ain't absolutely horrible this is a four-door sedan so it's got convenience i suppose the rear trunk space is probably gonna be a little bit limited due to its very much a fastback design but i'm guessing it's more of a hatchback as well that's supposed to provides a bit of advantage to it as well. So, overall, the car doesn't look horrible. I'm not going to say it's some must sports car, which you'd come to expect from an AMG, or Mercedes, I should say. And from the rear, to be honest, it d- does look very much, I don't know, half-moon-shaped, I guess you could say. Very curvy, I should say. It very much runs a bit like, basically, like I said, a half-moon. It's a very curvy design. I'm not sure what else to say about it. The back of the car doesn't look Bad. I mean, it's got a kind of a classic Mercedes rear end, other than the fastback that kind of slopes into it. Overall, the car, like I said, it doesn't look horrible. It's not my favorite choice, but it's, I hate to say it, the way cars are probably starting to go. But to be honest, like most electric cars, the, well, aesthetics are not in the exterior, but the interior. And let me tell you something. To be honest, I have my doubts a lot about a, a lot of interiors design cars. Some look just flat out weird, other ones look too space ages. But let me tell you something. I've never seen an interior of a car that looks like something from frickin' Tron before. It is, honestly, pretty damn cool looking, I have to say. The fact is, is that it is definitely not what you're going to expect to see from a standard car. The fact is, is that there are no, no, and I mean absolutely almost zero buttons anywhere on the interior of this vehicle. There are some on the sides to control the seats and what looks like be a multitude of lumbar controls and everything else for the seats, which you expect in a luxury car. And it's got a few buttons on the center console. But the most important thing, what really stands out is the dashboard. This is what makes it interesting. The entire thing from practically the speedometer all the way over to the driver's passenger's glove box is all screen. Everything can be controlled basically through this gigantic touchscreen basically taking up the entire center console to, all the way up to the top of the dash of the car. And to be honest, it's, like I said, I prefer my buttons at times, but I have to admit, this looks pretty damn cool. Even the vents in the car look very space just almost like a kind of like a turbine and a jet. It is kind of a cool design overall. And even the sides in the car and the, Honestly, I'm kind of losing my word of train of thought here because it's just impressive to look at from the interior of the car. It's got everything's backlit with some kind of cool design, and apparently you can select between almost 64 different colors to choose from for the screen options and even the interior of the car. It is truly impressive. The fact is is that the center console is also rather unique. It pretty much protrudes right up into the screen. It has this almost cool, I don't know how to say, space age design to it. It almost looks like you're flying in some kind of futuristic jetsons car and to be honest when i think of electric vehicles i don't think of well tesla's stripped down design with a tablet tacked onto it this honestly is what i think of when i think of the word future obviously you're gonna pay for this future but honestly some people may have some words to say about the interior. Some may wish more of a buttons, but overall, while the buttons may be nice, I do think that it would have subtracted from this impressive display. Now the seats, I will admit, are a bit wonky. In fact, the headpieces on the on the uh, passenger and driver's side by far stand out to me the most. The seats do look rather comfortable, but the headpiece just looks... I won't deny kind of weird. It looks like a pillow kind of just glued to the back of a headrest. I'm not sure who designed it or for what purpose. Maybe it's incredibly comfortable. I don't know. But the fact is, is that it is a uh, interesting design. I haven't obviously had a chance to sit in one since obviously there are probably not available anywhere to find. But that aside... Obviously, it's got a lot of the standard luxury features, probably the massaging seats, and everything else like that, the fancy full panoramic moonroof going off at the top of the car, and even the back passengers look like they have quite a deal, good deal amount of room. But the thing that stands out the most, it has to do with what's in the dashboard, not in the dashboard, rather the center console. See, right between the two bits that kind of intercede there, there's sort of this large touch pad. And this is where the only real major button controls, other than window controls and locks and that, This is kind of the only place you have the control button, and it also appears to be where you actually start the vehicle. The fact is, is that it's the only place, like I said, there's buttons on here, and you have to control everything through that little sidebar, it appears, and there are only a few options. Obviously, it looks like you can see fan speed on there. It looks almost like a little, I don't know how you'd say, almost like a little, just a little tablet screen, just kind of put in the bottom there. Honestly, it's actually kind of cool looking, I can't deny it. The fact is, is that this is probably one of the more impressive interiors I've ever seen and the rear luxury does not stop the back luxury is probably one of the most let's face it one of the most luxurious rear ends I've ever seen for a backseat passenger they have their own lumbar controls speaker systems are practically right on top of you and you can even fold down the center's console system to have your own entertainment system infotainment system in the back of the dashboard along with your fancy cup holders that is by far some of them are freaking impressive controls. Each individual gets their own controls. They control the wind speed, everything else like that, on the side by the door panel. It is really impressive just amount of luxury thrown into this vehicle. Not just for the driver or the passengers, but the passengers in the back as well. Now, going in further in the interior, I was worried about cargo space, like I mentioned earlier, getting in there. But it is a true hatchback, and it opens up to a, honestly, a ridiculous ridiculous amount of rear space in the back of that car looking at pictures of it it is humongous and i hate to say it a little ridiculous even how much space it looks like this car has on the interior but that aside let's get into the general view and impressions of the car now as i said earlier it starts off 109 was the picture shown to me the base model the eqs 450 sedan plus is about 102,000 msrp that can go up Obviously, as you're probably thinking a little bit higher, including all the way up to the EQS 580, which in the pinnacle trim is one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Whoa. But the one thing I think I hate to say it does disappoint me a bit is the power available in the vehicle. Overall power in the stripped-down model is only 329 horsepower with 417 pounds of torque. Now, in a normal car, that would be impressive, but this is an electric vehicle. It's not what you'd expect. You'd think it would have a little bit more oomph behind it. Now, the higher trim, the 480, the 580, as I mentioned before, has about 516 with horsepower with 631 foot-pounds of torque. But again, I just wish it was a bit more. I expected let's just face it with the lucid coming out with almost 900 horsepower i expected something the base model to be maybe 500 horsepower not the top trim to be honest as well the range is also a tad bit disappointing it only has about 350 miles of range which personally i think is plenty considering it's a luxury vehicle you're not going to be driving these long distance now the 580 which has the top trim horsepower and everything else like that Hasn't released their full detail on how much the range is, but I'm gonna guess it's gonna offer a little bit more, probably four hundred horse or four hundred miles of range. My guess would be, but overall, let's face it, you're not buying this car to go on what well, massive road trips. You're buying it because it's a luxury car. You don't want to drive back and forth to work in this thing. Just being able to basically feel like you're taking a nap in your car on the way. It is truly an impressive car, hands down. But like I said, range is a bit lacking. Overall, out of all the ridiculous electric cars I've seen, I'd have to rank it on the top, probably top four or five. The fact is, is that is it probably the best-looking exterior? Eh, not really. But the interior, in my opinion, more than makes up for it. is still one of the cooler interiors I have ever seen. So to be honest, if you have $120,000 to burn on a car, honestly. I could think of worse things to spend it on. The fact is is that this is still a good, she rather impressive luxury car for the money. Now, it's expensive still as all hell, and I certainly will never even consider buying one. But if you have, like I said, that money to burn, it probably ranks in the top. Now, like I said, where to face a lot of competition is from Lucid, who has more horsepower and more range, and to be honest, at a similar price set, comes in to be quite a bit more competitive with the EQS. And so we'll have to see how... Mercedes looks to improve upon it, but for our first few attempts of an electric car, it ain't bad. So overall, I give it a meh. We'll have to see how it does in the future, but overall, luxury interior and kind of a bland exterior is the overall impression of the car. Anyways, with that little bit of information out of the way about the EQS, let's get on to the automotive news of the week, shall we? So, to start off with Lamborghini... Lamborghini has been making combustion engines, basically the pinnacle of V12 performance, for, I had to say, it, longer than I have for probably even my parents have been. They've been doing a long time, from tractors to up to the ridiculous Lamborghini Countaches. The fact is, is that it has been the combustion domination machine for a long time. But Lamborghini, while well, that's coming to an end, they project by, oh, around... I think, unfortunately, 2023. Now, don't get me wrong, they're not getting out of the gas game entirely, but most of their cars will feature some form of electric charging capabilities. See, Lamborghini, by 2023, only a year from now, will no longer feature exclusively gasoline cars. More specifically, they won't have just gasoline cars at all. All their cars will feature some form of either hybridization or hybrid uh, bloody hell hybridization yes basically hybridization cars or electric vehicles and solely that they say that it is well basically a push with the environmental factor but also for performance yada 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 but the fact is is that obviously with car companies being pushed or rather forced to move into the electric car game obviously they do not want to solely only work on electric cars so a hybrid is a good mix now like i said they will still have their powerful gasoline engines but we'll probably will i hate to say it most likely never see the ridiculous v12 engines that they used to pump out now to be honest do they do still make the v12 engines with electric power plants that would be thoroughly impressive but to be honest with more regulations and more pushes to keep people from well save the planet and whatnot but the fact is is that Honestly, hybridization isn't the worst thing, in my opinion. I think that overall, that's most likely the direction the universe of the world will take is a push to a hybridized selection of vehicles compared to the push for full electricity due to the problem surrounding issues like, oh, charging up with the current infrastructure. Now, like I said, are most people who are buying a Lamborghini most likely concerned about things like, oh, the environment and saving the planet? Honestly, most likely Not. It's a luxury car. Luxury extreme performance car. It's a hyper car. You don't give two cahoots about the environment. Your interest is going fast. And to be honest, hybridization does have a few advantages. It gets rid of things like lag on the start. Honestly, all electric cars seem to have at least a four second zero to 60 time, which is completely insane. And honestly, even hard to achieve in any of the top performance gasoline cars. So if you have something like an electric engine pushing the car forward and then the gasoline engine kicks in to get the rest of the way down the road where the electric engine seems to struggle, honestly, I could see its advantages in the hyper car segment. And even McLaren and everything else like that has already experimented with a lot of hybrid cars. Now, like I said, unfortunately, this was probably a long time coming, and to be honest, I can picture things like, unfortunately, Ferrari and Porsche and everything else like that eventually at some point following suit. The one that will probably hurt will be Porsche, because the air-cooled six-cylinder engine has always been, it's been the hybrid, it's been the, basically the backbone of Porsche for, well, as long as I can remember. An electric future just seems out of grasp. But on that aside, yes, in a short year, Lamborghini, will no longer produce your solely gasoline cars. So if you're interested or have the ridiculous amount of money to purchase a Lamborghini under these trims, I would advise you to do it now, and if you don't want electric cars, because unfortunately, you're not going to be left with much of a choice. But another, probably more pressing news, we have a story about, ironically, hybrid cars. Now, I've kind of been ragging on the Bolt for being, well let's just say, highly flammable. The car seems to burst into flame even looking at it being an electric car. And while electric car fires are a bit of a uh, dilemma, considering the fact that, well, we hit them and they are prone to burning for a very, very long time, they are not the worst ones to do it. Yes, the fact is, is that, ironically, as much as the bold is the Pinto of our era, there are cars that are worse. Hybrid cars. That's right, Lamborghini hybrid cars are actually... What is it? Let's see the stats here. Okay. So the lowest one, probably to no one's surprise in a lot of people's opinion, is electric cars have actually the lowest rate of car fires. And uh gasoline cars were actually in the middle. Yes, the ones filled with highly flammable liquid is actually in the middle of the pack. What is at the top? is hybrid because it combines probably the worst factors of both worlds it has the electric batteries extremely highly flammable and long burning basically battery packs sitting inside of it but you also have the highly combustible and flammable gasoline sitting inside of it so when fires do occur and they will occur the fact is is that well the ones that are most likely to do spontaneous combustion a giant ball of flame is most likely your hybrid vehicle at an alarmingly larger rate, if I remember right, at least to clear in the stats the way I'm reading it, it's almost by almost 50%. That is a huge margin between gasoline cars, and apparently electric cars are even less. Now, the information where this was gathered probably was a little bit biased towards pushing for full electric cars because it was by some green techie company or something one or another. But the fact is, is that even if those statistics are halfway true, it is still a large and substantial number. And even if hybrid cars are around the same as gasoline cars, it shows that, well, maybe electric cars aren't as dangerous as some people are saying. At least if you're not buying a bolt. Now, don't get me wrong. Electric cars do have their problems with fires and impacts due to the combustible nature of the battery. But I think these statistics are mostly pushing for just random car fires i'm not involved in impacts or accidents just driving down the roads and most likely bursting in the flame obviously the hybrid car has a lot more electrical systems a lot more computers a lot more controls that can possibly go horribly wrong so overall are my impressions of this article honestly i don't think it's disparaging the hybrid vehicles to be honest the pinto could have survived as long as it did while it's blowing up into giant balls of flame believe me hybrid cars are not going to take that big of a dent and honestly most people probably won't even pay attention to this article but it makes you think twice when you buy your hybrid vehicle whether or not it's truly the safest option like prius tends to push but overall like i said will i still probably see a hybrid future yes I do not see a full electric future as the universe seems to see in my future to be honest it just seems too unlikely maybe in the distant future but not anytime soon hybridization will probably be the way pretty much all car companies go for the time being they will still have their extreme full electric models but the fact is they still only make up about 3% hybridization hybrid cars will probably be what dominates the market anyways That's about all I got for car news for you today. The fact is is that this week was a little bit slow in the news category. There wasn't much going on. I will have a bit more information on car dealerships coming up in the next week's episode because there has been some possible movement in the used car category as well as the new one as well. And some possible shakeups coming down the road here or actually right now. A lot of car companies or car dealerships I should say are beginning to panic with the winter slowdown season which happens every year. But they seem to panic that they have these used cars in a lot and there has been some slight movement in the car pricing market. Now let's just say there were certain things that next week we'll discuss that definitely ticked me off. Mostly to do with the uh, pricing of some Broncos I was looking to purchase. But that aside, overall, the car market might be softening just a little bit. Now, like I said, is that going to be sustainable in the future? We will have to see. But again, I will discuss that further in next week's episode. We'll also be reviewing a new Kia. We won't go into which, but again, it might be another electric car. It might have have an E in a 6 at the end of the name. Put it together yourself if you can. Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this view in this view. Yes, I'm beginning to lose my mind this late at night. Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope you all like and subscribe to my insanity, if you would. I would greatly appreciate it. And hope you all have a great day and a wonderful night. Goodbye, my friends.